Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Today is the 14th, 14th day of December 2023, which means there are only 11 days, 11 shopping days left till Christmas, as they used to say when I was much younger. Okay, but obviously those days are gone. Online is open all the time. Hey, we got a great show for you today with my good friends over at eTherapy. I hope I have both my guests here. I have one line open. I hope they're together. I have John Ebert, who is the mental health program manager over at eTherapy. We're going to talk about how mental health in schools, okay, should be handled and how important parents are in this whole equation to make it work. And I hope joining John, in fact, we're going to find out right now, joining John is Montovia Key. So I don't know, somebody's on an 804 line. Who is that? Is that both of you or one of you? No, that's me, Larry. John from hey, John. Maine on 804. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? I'm just fine. You sound you sound great. And is Montoya going to visit be with us today? I I was expecting her to be here, but she would be on another line, so she is not okay. with me. So if we okay, well, if, just you, roll if with somebody solo, can, we can do it. Yeah, so text over and see if she wants to join us. She might have just forgotten. And she might okay. she she might enjoy being with us and sharing her points of view, et cetera. So she's she's of course welcome if she calls in. I just want you to know that, John. Okay. Yes, sir. Good man. Okay. Right, let's well let's, let's start the show and hopefully she'll be joining us. Okay. Mental health and I love this this topic. E therapy. Well, I want to start there. Tell everybody what e therapy does. And by the way, she just joined us. There you go. I'm going to say hello to her for a second. Hold on, guys. Okay. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> You're forgiven. Don't worry. You're here. That's good. Hi, Montoya. I'm Larry. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. Where are you today? I am in Tennessee. But where in Tennessee? It's a big place. Oh, I am in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, actually. There you go. Did they just have a tornado or something there? We did. We did in Clarksville. Yeah. Everybody okay? I, I heard it was a little gruesome. Sorry it was. That. It was. Yeah, we are doing good. Thank you so much for asking. Well, yeah, that's always concerning. These damn weather events happen all over the country. It's scary, and it really affects people. It affects kids in school too. I mean, imagine yes. as a you know the, the layer the onion the layers of the onion can be very deep when there's a uh, weather system like that. I hope everybody's okay in your home state. And thanks for joining us, Montoya. You're right on time here. Last two minutes late, but we forgive you. You do not have to go to detention. All right. Thank you so much. Good enough. Okay. And I was just saying to John, before we get started here, we're going to talk about mental health, working with parents regarding mental health in schools and therapies you can use. But to put it into perspective, talk about e-therapy, which is at electronic-therapy.com. And I'll let John do this. John, just tell everybody what the company does. And you're the mental health program manager there. Yep, I am. Uh, E-Therapy <laughs> is uh, a teletherapy company, and we are focused uh, on providing direct services to students that have special needs, and the students that we serve are across the country. Um, we've been uh, in business for about 14 years. I like yep. to say that uh, we were here before Zoom, so we have been <laughs> trendsetters. And we provide both IEP-related services for special ed students as well as general education students because we know that all kids are in need of support. 
uh, and those range from counseling services, mental health services, psychoeducational evaluations, and the list goes on and on. And, and we now have a new new thing because um, a new de- I'm trying to think of the way new decade counter because um, we now have BC, AD, and BZ before Zoom. You were there BZ uh, before Zoom. That's right. And then after yeah. COVID is probably in there somewhere too. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or AC. Oh my God, boy, has the world ever changed? For goodness sakes. <laughs> okay, we're talking to a BZ company before Zoom. Okay, and That's so right. what you what you guys do, okay, at eTherapy is can you go to any school district there is in the country, probably Canada too, and you can help them with the various therapies. Okay, and I just want to go down that list. I have it right here. Okay, hold on. I had it right here in about two seconds. Hold on. I thought it was here. Let me have it. I do have it. Hold on. There we go. Occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. We're going to talk today about mental and behavioral health, plus the assessments and diagnostics needed to make sure this is working and to assess before we start so we know what to do with the kids, okay? But it's interesting, occupational, physical therapy, okay, speech therapy. There's a lot of therapies out there, and it's harder and harder to find therapists. And on that note, Montoya, okay, uh, are you, you're a therapist, right? I am. And what kind are you? I am. I am a licensed professional counselor. So of, of those categories that I just read, help me out here, Okay. Uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy. Do you fit, where do you fit into these? I know we're talking about mental health today, but how do you fit into I, that as a, quote, licensed counselor under mental? I am a mental health therapist. Wow. Wow. Good for you. And how do you like working on, working with kids like this? It's great. Oh, I love it. Um, I actually work with a lot of parents, and I do work with some children, but um, it's always been a passion of mine. Um, definitely enjoy this. Uh, program. This platform is uh, really a great platform just because it's able to reach uh, areas that some people may not be able to get therapy in certain areas. So e-therapy provides that area of a liaison or a connection for people who need that service out there. Yeah, there are so many school districts that are trying so hard, and I work a lot in Kentucky, okay, certainly Tennessee, neighboring state, okay, has the same aggravation as do most states. The rural areas can't find the people they need to help the kids, help the families, and that's why e-therapy and, and any type of electronic therapy, I might add, is very, very important to understand, etc. And I'm going to go right where you just said you work with parents a lot. Talk to me about that. What are you doing? How's it fit in? Oh, it's it's really great. Um, it provides almost a um, a safety area for our parents to um, just discuss some things that they may um, are dealing with throughout their day to day life and being mm-hmm. more aware of what's going on with their children. Um, and it's also helping them to be aware of any stressors or issues that they may feel like they don't have a support space. We are that resource for them. Um, and just talking about different parenting styles, uh, we discussed maybe day-to-day, some of my parents are in school, some of my parents are going through relationship issues, so it's just a space for them to talk about things and to be more in the here and now where they can also be parents also. 
you know, this is this to me is extremely interesting, and to me, it's extremely, extremely important. And John, we've never talked about this before, but how do you go about? And I'm so glad you folks recognize this therapy. Okay, how do you go about looping in the parents? And I never knew you did. Um, I'll, I'll say that um, in in part because the majority of the time we're working with minors. Um, we're having to loop in a parent or guardian right from the beginning. There's some legality that's there. We have to get consent. But uh, to be honest with you, Larry, even if there wasn't a consent need, I think it's important to loop the parents in from the beginning because uh, what you're really trying to do is uh, identify and establish as many support resources for that kid as you can. So, as an example, yeah. if, if I'm working with a student and I know that that student has some things that are going on at home, but I'm in no way trying to partner with the parents to provide them with some tools and some resources and maybe even some coping strategies, as Montoya mentioned, right? Us parents, and I have two kids, right? We have our stuff going on too. Uh, then what yeah. I'm doing is I'm helping a student in one environment, but I'm not equipping them to be successful in another one. And that really sets up this dynamic where you take two steps forward and then the kid goes home and they take three steps back. Yeah. Well, I have to ask this, and I, my kids are grown, but I'm certainly a parent, and a lot of people listening are parents. How do parents react to this? Because God bless you. You folks are not within in the school district. You're a you're a uh, if I may and I uh, a vendor to the school district. They don't know you, okay. And that it's hard enough to get a family into into therapy and to understand that it is hard. It's difficult. It's it's an admission that you that you need some help, which is a fine admission, okay. But it still is that. Get it's hard to do with people you know in your school locally, etc. But you folks are working all over the country. Okay, so the parents don't know you. And I have to ask, what's the attitude of the parents as this comes to fruition? And to me, it's a very key question. Uh, do you want to try to give it to you, John, or you want Montoya to take it? I'll say it to I you, mean, John, you do start. what you want. Yeah, yeah I, I can start and Montoya can, can bring it home, okay? Great. Um, I, I think um, it, it, is, it is challenging, Larry. And what I will say is that there are some parents that are much more open than others. I, I think – the initial thing is to address the stigma, right? We know that there's stigma around mental health, and we know that oftentimes parents yep, go in thinking that, you know, you're, you're saying that, you know, something is wrong with my kid or you're labeling exactly. my kid in an unfair exactly. way. And, and that's not the case at all. You know, it, it's, if, if you had, you know, somebody that was struggling with diabetes, there wouldn't be any question as to whether or not insulin would be, uh, you know, a, a helpful intervention. If you have somebody that's struggling that's right. with depression or anxiety, uh, the same type of need exists, but oftentimes we don't seem to place as much importance or necessity on helping somebody that's struggling with their physical health the way that we would with their mental health. So that's right. I think initially it's about addressing the stigma, um, but then ironically, um, because we're all over the country, it can be challenging because they don't know us, yeah. but at the same time, there's a freedom in that, right? I, I found that when you're doing distance or remote therapy, a lot of times people can be a little bit more open and transparent wow. because That's they don't have to worry about running, running into you at the grocery store That's right? interesting. Or, or seeing you yep. as, as a part of their personal day-to-day. -day. So it kind of varies there. 
Yeah, and what are you finding as you do this with parents, Montoya? You're, you're literally in the trenches on this. You have to introduce yourself, introduce the company. You know, you have to introduce what you're trying to do, what what that challenge the child is trying to overcome, <laughs> etc. How's it all come together? I mean, how, when you just say how you do that, that's pretty interesting. And by the way, you are um, a counselor, so I I know you know how to do it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I totally, just to kind of piggyback off of what John said, he's very true. Um, the stigma is always there. Um, the the concept or the thoughts that I'm here to tell you something is wrong. Um, and I always try to lead with my clients and um, my parents that I work with to help them understand this is a liaison. This is us working together. Um, and I like them to understand that this is also a space where they can come and they can talk about those things that maybe they just feel like I can't say that because I'm a parent and I have to be focused on taking care of my child. Um, and I always tell my clients that it's okay to talk about those things that bother you. We're going to talk about healthy coping skills. We're going to talk about ways to make sure that we're fulfilling ourselves as well as I, I have a concept Happy mama can be a happy parent. So I always <laughs> tell myself that. <laughs> so we talk about healthy, um, different coping skills, whether it's just them taking time for themselves. And, and it really has, it, I, I found one situation was really, uh, really interesting. I started working with a youth, and within um, maybe two weeks, mom reached out to me, and she was like, I would love to work with you as well. And so it was one of those situations where she had seen a change in her child and how he was responding to dysregulation with his emotions. And she was also like, well, hey, I know that sometimes I can be in the same set and I feel like I respond like that. So how about I try to see if there's something that I can work on within myself to help the cohesiveness in my home. And it has been a great um, process. So a lot of times, if my parents are seeing some changes within themselves or their children, sure. it's really, to me, it's, it's, it's really a great moment for me to oh, see course. them coming together. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hooray moment. And I have, what's the, re- and I, uh, I, this is anecdotal, what's the reaction of most parents when they first get in touch with you? Are they a little put off, a little bit scared, or do most of them get it, that, that, that you're here to help? I'm just curious as um, to their attitude at the beginning, and and obviously it's, it changes as you move forward. But I'm just curious at the very beginning. In the beginning, I, there are some hesitations. There is hesitation yeah. because now I'm being vulnerable. Sure. Now I'm opening up to an area to talk about things that I don't normally talk about with anyone else. Um, so there is some vulnerability there, um, and there are some hesitations. However, I am a, I'm one of those people. I'm like, okay, well, I'll keep showing up if you show up. <laughs> I have a feeling you are just that kind of person, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and I know it works, and it does work, by the way. Okay, so mm-hmm. i, I got to go back to John. John, how do you set up, how does e-therapy set up the first liaison with the schools? How do you know which kids you're going to work with? How do you add kids? When are you done? How's it, how's it coordinate with the schools and the TF, I may add, the teachers? Um, there, there are a couple different ways that we do this, and, and I'll say yeah. that uh, Montoya may be able to give a little bit more detail with this, so I'll, I'll let her kind of back me up and, and finish the answer. But I, I think there okay. are a, several different ways. First, we can do almost like a, a broad screener. 
right? So it helps uh, for schools to identify students that may be showing signs of distress when they don't know what those signs look like. And so there are a number of evidence-based screeners that wow. have been found to be extremely accurate and beneficial in working with um, school-aged children. I think in addition well, to that... Well, if I may, yeah, let me stop you if I may, because I, I don't know the answer. What do those screeners look like? Are they written tests? Are they oral tests? What, what are they? Uh, yeah, they would be um, like not so much tests. They're just well, uh, like a, a set of questions or a set of symptoms or a, a kind of a, a list of things that... Um, you know, is, is a student experienced sadness more days than not, right? Is, has, a, has a student noticed, you know, change in appetite or sleeping, right? Is a, has mm -hmm. a student lost interest in things that they normally found joy in? Wow. Uh, is a student feeling hopeless, like those types of things? And so uh, for younger kids, these might be uh, answered by a teacher or a parent, right? Because the kids aren't necessarily old enough to be able to to process some of these questions, but for older kids, uh, it's a self-administered survey where they can just kind of go through things they're experiencing, thought patterns that they're having, uh, maybe, uh, you know, changes that they're undergoing, and it can help us identify students that not necessarily are in distress, right, but it might give us an idea of who we can um, kind of Keep an eye on to make sure they're doing exactly. okay, right? So, that, exactly. so that's one way. Uh, we also have students that will self-refer, right, kids that are having wow. a hard time, and uh, they'll identify that they just need some support. And so that would be another way. Um, we have parents, as Montoya mentioned, that uh, can refer their kids as well. If they're noticing things or they have concerns, um, we have parents that will contact the school, and then the school will coordinate with us to get that student uh, support. And then finally, we have uh, kind of teachers and staff in the school um, that if they start recognizing something, and, and teachers are such a great uh, resource. I, I like to say that it's not their responsibility, but they have an opportunity because they see kids every day. They They're understand what yeah, that they have to be. They understand the baseline, right, what that kid's normal baseline is, and when that kid starts to deviate off of baseline, they can always just kind of send a note for us uh, to be able to follow up and make sure that that student's okay. So those are kind of ways, uh, a number of ways that we could identify our support's going to be beneficial. It's excellent. And you wanted, Montoya, you wanted Montoya to continue that. Montoya, do you want to add to that? Um, absolutely. John really summed it up. There are several assessments that we use. But I do um, want to leave you out, our... Montoya, so go ahead. Give me your side. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there are several assessments that we use when we're doing an intake. We're just trying to, like John stated, um, trying to see if there are different times that the child is exhibiting some depression, um, anxiety. Also with my parents, I do an assessment with them, um, and we try mm. to focus on if there is some um, – particular stressors that are going on at this particular time, if there are some increased anxiety, increased depression. Uh, with the parents, this is completely self-driven, so we don't have to use the teachers. However, uh, we have noticed uh, that I've noticed with a few of my parents that if they are having some of the similar uh, situations, they do tend to have some concerns 
with their children. They may see that their children are exhibiting some of those same um, behaviors. I've even had some parents that we've discussed, like, hey, my child is already seeing another therapist. I tell my parents, hey, why don't you look at perhaps maybe letting that therapist know some of the things that you're seeing with me or we've noticed with your child, and Mm -hmm. maybe you can give them a little insight about what's going on at home. Um, And so that kind of helps out as well. It's just all about creating um, cohesiveness within the the dynamics of the family, I find, with the teachers, the parents, the therapists, the child therapists, the child. It's just creating a whole um, holistic approach for the child. Montoya, could you do your work without family involvement? And I don't think you could. Or you could. I'll say it a different way. Could you do your work well, as well as you would I like it to be, without I don't teacher, think I parent I involvement? I never put that together in my, in my head, how important the parents are in, in this loop. Okay? Wow. Yeah. No, I don't, you know, I don't I, I will say. I will say this, though, Larry. Okay, Um, a lot of times we do have parents that aren't involved. And um, uh, uh, a a little support is better than no support at all, right? So so if we do have parents that just refuse to be a part of the process, but, you know, the student is wanting support, uh, there can be gains uh, that that are realized from therapy. Um, There are just some obstacles that are beyond our control as as therapists that we just have to support the student in working through. And you actually that brings, so if a parent is, is, I'll say, unwilling or whatever the case may be, do you get in touch with the school and let them know maybe they can help because they're a little literally closer to the situation? Yes, absolutely. And, and I guess within that context, if the parent is unwilling to participate, that doesn't mean that therapy can't be productive. If the parent is unwilling to consent, that's a different thing because we can't work with that student, uh, you know, assuming mm-hmm. they're a minor without parental consent. So, so yeah, if the, if the parent is unwilling to, uh, you know, to work with us, that isn't necessarily a deal breaker. Um, we just continue forward in working with the student and um, address kind of some of the home issues as they come up, you know, with the child. It, 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 it's it, it's all so interesting, and of course we're dealing with 50 different states, 50 different ways that have to be approached and all that sort of thing. Just really fascinating. You guys do good work under really tough circumstances. And I must ask this, and I'm going to ask Montoya, because again, she's in the trenches all the time. Montoya, as you look at K-12 education right now and the good work that you do, okay, I got to ask you, how are things out there right now? And I know there's a lot of challenges out there with mental health, with kids' suicides. You know, we all read about this sort of stuff. Are things getting better now that we're a bit more post-COVID? Or what are you seeing as a therapist out there as you work with all these kids? Um, I would say from my own perspective, very biased because I know I'm, just, I'm only one person, yeah, it's um, anecdotal. I, like, I know that we're not. Yeah, we're, I don't want to deal with yeah. all the statistics. I just, I just want when somebody's good eyes on the situation. What do you see? I, I totally agree with what John. Also, just to kind of piggyback off of what he was stating and going into my um, question that you're just giving me, um, definitely sometimes we have parents that don't want to get involved right away, and that's totally understandable. And however, they're okay with the child receiving services. I think mental health at this point has come so far 
compared to 10 years ago. Um, and now we have, and I would say, to answer the question you just gave me, yes, do I feel like it's coming to a place where I see the growth or the change? I do, absolutely. And it's um, a change for the so, better. It's a change for the for better. For the better, yes, absolutely. In, ter- in terms the of their acceptance of mental health therapy, or, or, or therapy, I should say. It's better. Absolutely. Yeah, I it's feel good. like it's better, um, and it's obtainable now more so with, uh, platforms such as e-therapy, um, yeah, you have families that have um, busy schedules. We live in a busier time, and now and therapy mm. is now mm. able to be accessed um, at different times through telehealth. And so it does change yeah. the, the concept, I have to leave this, I have to go here, I have to do this. So now we have e-therapy. We have other con- places that you can receive therapy maybe at home, after school, or during school. So it does help out quite a bit. And actually, I want to ask that question, if I may. Uh, obviously, you have uh, patients, I'll call them patients, folks you work with, who uh, who see you live and in color, okay, at, at your office or wherever the case may be. And and now you're doing e-therapy, okay? Where, did, you, did, did you work with people live uh, at your prior office? Prior to e-therapy, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prior to e-therapy, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you, you do a lot of e-therapy. From your point of view as a therapist, and I, I, I always say this because I want, if there are therapists listening, I want them to understand, A, there's a difference, and B, it can be done. Um, so what's your experience like that? How would you describe that change, okay, to your fellow therapists and encourage them um, to do this? Because this is really needed in schools all across the country. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a transition. However, I, I feel like it has been one that I've been intentional. Um, that's something I'm always doing with my clients or my patients. I, I want to be intentional. And so when I say intentional, I make sure that I um, have different resources for them available. We share screens. We do um, anything that I could normally do in my office. Besides mm-hmm. beside them, I have tried to make it available for my clients on, um, in our telehealth session. So we share our screens. We do activities together. E-therapy has a great platform to where we are able to do um, different activities and talk about um, things openly. With um, I offer psychotherapy, um, different books that I have. I have um, there is, I, I find it that I have to be intentional. So that's one thing I can tell any therapist. I would be intentional before my session starts. I'm always making sure I have worksheets. I email worksheets. I have mailed out things for my clients. Um, I have, hmm. if I work with my youth, I have um, emotional, the emotional wheel that we talk about, our feelings and our emotions. We play emotional games. So I've done fan tray, virtual so it's about being intentional and just finding out the latest information that they have out there that will allow you to do whatever you were doing in that office also online. That was a great answer. Thank you. I'm going to go back to John for a second. John, I'm going to ask you the same question. Generically, schools, K-12, what's going on out there right now? What are you seeing? Um, uh, in in terms the... of mental health, yeah, and working yeah, with the I... kids, with the parents, yeah. It, there, there, there are um, uh, there are a lot of obstacles, and I'll, I'll say that 
we oftentimes focus on student mental health, and understandably so, but we have a lot of teachers that are struggling too. And saying that. Um, I, I, yeah, I know, I know that one of the things that we've really focused on, we, we've talked a lot about parents today, and we've talked a lot about students, yeah. um, but teachers are struggling. And one thing that I believe uh, just, you know, with my entire being is that, you know, dysregulated adults can't regulate dysregulated students. It, you just can't. And so um, we have to make sure that we are looking at mental health from a broad perspective and recognizing uh, needs that exist not just for students but also for the adults in their lives because, um, you know, on average, mental health distress and symptomology starts to appear at the age of 14, right, which is right when kids are in that middle school range. Yep. But on average, on average, treatment doesn't begin until the age of 24. So when we look wow. at parents wow. and how we can work with parents and even some of the perceptions that parents have of wow. mental health, we have to recognize that a lot of them might be dealing with some undiagnosed uh, distress in their own life. And so yep. Yep. we're not only trying to, to, to kind of, you know, regulate and help break stigma around what their kid might be struggling with, but also we're bringing them to a place where they might be recognizing their own struggles. And so that, that's what we're seeing in schools with teachers, with administrators, uh, with, with students, and um, it, it is overwhelming, to be quite honest with you. It and is. I think that, it is. I, I think that, that telehealth, the, 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 the role that telehealth plays is there's so much demand and there's so little resource that um, e-therapy is able to come in and we're able to provide therapists, uh, you know, on demand for these schools that just don't have the capacity to help these That's students. That's right. That's right. And that we can be a little bit more proactive instead of reactive in, in, in addressing the needs that they have. I, I think that's wonderful. Now, I'll say what you just said again. You know, there are so many school districts, so many kids who need help, and they can't find the professionals to help them. And that's where a company like eTherapy comes in, electronic-therapy.com. I'll say that again. I want, as we wind down here, I want to ask you, and I'll stay with John for a second. John, uh, obviously, it takes a, the school district to educate the parents and say, this is happening. We want to help your students if needed. We'd like to help you as well. And all that helps our teachers, obviously. Okay. Um, what, what are the parent education programs like? How does this get started in the school? Okay. So maybe some examples of what you've seen. Uh, well, I, I know when it comes to parent education, one of the things that, that we've done, Larry, is we've tried to make the information accessible, right, to parents. And what I mean by that specifically is um, just like our supports are provided uh, you know, uh, electronically, kind of from a telehealth perspective, uh, right. online, we make, uh, for, for school districts that we work with, we actually will create parent websites, right, where cool. we have tools and resources and videos and all types of things that parents can access uh, discreetly and according to their own schedule and availability. So we are putting the information right in front of them. They don't have to come into the school and worry about, is somebody going to see me? What are they going to think? Why, why is Johnny's mom going into the office? Why yeah. is Susie's right. dad you know, doing this? 
And so uh, the schools right. that we partner with, we understand the importance of parent education and partnership, and so we create sources, uh, equip parents as an example, right? We've talked about equip in previous podcasts. It's our online kind of training and resource platform, but we have an equip mm-hmm. parents sure. where we're providing some of those same resources to parents, and examples of that would be, uh, what are the signs and symptoms of mental health in an elementary age student? What are the signs and symptoms of mental health in a secondary age student? Um, what are some coping skills for you as a parent, right? What are some signs and symptoms of depression? What What is therapy? What are the expectations that you should have of therapy? And the list goes on and on because we know that even if parents might not actively engage with us, what we really want them to have is the information and access to the tools and resources. So whether it is in partnership with us or whether, you know, they are just going to take that info and run with it themselves, that we, we've, we've given them the tools that they need. Uh, it's so important. I, I'm going to wind down with this question. I want to ask Montoya this. Montoya, to me, and this is so important on so many levels, but to me, this is also an equity question. We can't have kids all around the country, okay, who need these services to succeed and not give them to them, okay? It, 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 and I'll use it as an example, a small district along the border in Texas that is poor and Latino, okay? They can't afford, they probably don't have a school psychologist on board at that district. It's hard enough for them to get the basic resources, okay? To me, it all boils down to equity. If we fix this, Okay, we give that kid more of a chance to succeed, not only there, but in life, maybe go on to college, whatever the case may be. What are your thoughts on that? You work with these kids all the time. Montoya. Uh, Yes, I would say um, definitely it is definitely a need. um, And I do feel like mental health can change a lot of things. I yeah. I work with children. I work with parents. And what John said was so important. A lot of times we have parents that don't even realize they never attend, never had therapy, and so they don't really have a. Um, they've learned to just cope with the things they're going through in life, and so I do yeah. feel like this could definitely change. Just getting sure somewhere to open up about life can change the trajectory of a lot of lives. That's what it's all about, changing the trajectory. That's well said, changing the trajectory of lives. It's wonderful. You two were terrific today. I thank you both for being here. So let me wish you both a very happy holiday season, even though you live in warm weather. I don't know if Santa is going to come without snow. That's what I question. I live in Maine. I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> he will. Santa always comes without snow yeah, I know. in Georgia. How could I have been so foolish? The reindeer will go anywhere. Okay, we know that. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, Thank you. This was great. Thank you, Montoya. Thanks, John. Take care, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Larry. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> it has been. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Great people. That's John Eber, who is the mental health program manager over at eTherapy. And again, that's electronic-therapy.com. And one of their therapists, wonderful lady, Montoya Key. Thank you both for being here. And the reindeer will come to Tennessee and uh, Southern Virginia. I guarantee you that. All right. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Check out everything we do over there. My name is Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening.